your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this late Wednesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the app and join me this week, uh, tomorrow night, to get in on the action. I'll be hosting something either during the second, third period of the game against New Jersey or after the game. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So I'm just about, you know, a little bit removed from getting my first COVID-19 vaccine shot. I got the Moderna one today. Please, if you have not been vaccinated yet, whether you're in the United States, Canada, um, anywhere around the world, please go and get your shot if you are able to, or both shots even. I think you have to get one shot, and then four weeks later, if it's Moderna, you have to go back and get your second one, and then three weeks for Pfizer. Just please do it, because the sooner we get a lot more people vaccinated, the sooner we can get back to doing everything in our normal lives. But um, it was anything but normal last night for the Penguins, as that's a nice segue about into what we're about to talk about, is the Penguins uh, somehow miraculously escaped with a 7-6 victory over the New Jersey Devils. I mean, it was 6 nothing after the second period. I thought, what the hell? You know, I was going to maybe do, go do a couple things around the apartment and stuff. Um, you know, as soon as I saw it was 6-3, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I should... Uh, get back to the computer here, put the stream back on. And, you know, that, that's when this really started to make me mad. But before I do get into the negatives about this game, and mainly the third period, let's just say that, and Tristan Jari, um, let it, let's start with the positives. It was great to see the team played two awesome periods. That is the response that you like to see from a contending team after they got embarrassed by the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday when they lost 4-2. Like I said, we'll get to the 20 minutes and how that basically was all for nothing with those first 40 minutes, but still, those first two periods were two of the best periods I think the Penguins had played all season. Um, Scott Wedgwood had been a thorn in the Penguins' side at least a couple times this season already, but it was not to be this time. The Penguins were just peppering him with shots like it was no tomorrow. It's great to see Mike Matheson get back on on the score sheet and he's honestly been fine for the last couple of weeks I really have not been complaining much about Matheson I obviously have always said that he's that full chaos player he's doing something outstanding in the offensive end excuse me but then he's just doing something completely stupid in the defensive end but we have seen some awesome plays from him in the offensive zone the last couple of weeks but we really have not seen that other chaos zone where he has been bad in the defensive zone so it's been a nice development in that regard when it comes to Matheson I really liked his game lately and then the second goal Brian Russ gets another goal on this season I'm going to say it again for everyone I put this tweet out yesterday Brian Rust at $3.5 million is probably the best value contract in the league, bar none. Um, what he is doing um, for the last couple of years is nothing short of amazing. He's been almost a point-per-game player, almost a goal-per-game player um, at that. He's an outstanding fit on Sidney Crosby's line, and what a move that he put on Scott Wedgwood there as he basically just blew past every Devils defender off of that great pass from Crosby and then went uh, backhand forehand to make it 2 nothing. Just That was a vintage Brian Russ goal if I've ever seen it, so that was great. Uh, Brian Dumoulin scoring goal from basically center ice that reminded me of Steve Mason, um, I think, back in the 2016 Stanley Cup playoffs when I think the Capitals um, scored a goal off him. It was either from center ice or from their 
blue line and he just basically fumbled the puck and it went in and that was basically what that reminded me of not a good look there from Wedgwood to give that up to someone who basically does not score goals I think that was Dumoulin's only third or fourth goal on the season but still it's always nice to see him contribute on the offensive score sheet just because you don't see it that often and of course you know I had this prediction on the tip of the ice bird podcast with nick and nick they basically just should just rename their podcast the nick and nick penguins podcast because they do a great job on there please go listen to that if you have not already they do two episodes a week i went on their uh episode yesterday i think it's going to be coming out tomorrow and i said jeff carter will be scoring his first score in a penguin uniform against the devils on tuesday night it's actually a prediction that i got right for a change so i'm going to do a little bit of a golf clap for myself as even though i have a lot of freezing cold takes that just make me look like a complete dumbass i actually got one right there just a huge blast from Carter and what do you know it came from a prime scoring place on the ice about 15 feet out he loves to shoot from there if you look at his hockey viz numbers and the heat charts and all that and it was nice to see him finally get rewarded for his very good effort these last three games that he has played and like I said his course he was around 65 percent the expected goal share I think it was around 67 percent so the underlying numbers were great we trusted the process and he finally came through with his first goal in a Penguins uniform hopefully that's the first of many to come for the rest of the season into the Stanley Cup playoffs and then of course for next season as it looks like he is going to continue to play um as for some of the other goal scores or you know I guess the two or three other goal scores we'll get to Sidney Crosby's goal in just a minute in the third period but um Evron Riguez I'm going to start with him i'm gonna keep saying this i'm gonna shout this into the void he is the perfect 12th forward for this team i understand people did not like that he was on the Sidney crosby line and you know what i agree i didn't like him there either but he is what he is he is a solid bottom six player that you can plug in your third or fourth line and he has a good playmaking ability and he also has a nice shot you saw the playmaking ability firsthand when he set up teddy bluger in the second period i mean what a behind the back pass that was bluger has a wide open net that was awesome to see and that's exactly why i would have evan rodriguez in the playoff lineup over someone like Radim Zahorna. I think it's going to come down to one of those two players for that 12th forward when everyone gets healthy. I know Kasperi Kapton was on the ice today at practice. I assume um, Sam Lafferty, uh, Mark Jankowski, one of those, a couple of those other guys are going to come out once Kapton comes back. But when it comes down to it, like I said, it's Rodriguez or Zahorna, and I'm taking Rodriguez because even though he maybe doesn't score enough, his playmaking ability more than makes up for it. I'm really happy with his play the last three to four weeks. And if you look at the Hockey Viz charts um, from Micah, who does a great job on his Hockey Viz site, um, his shootiness with his even strength offense plus 3%, there's a lot of red um, in the middle of the dots, about 10 to 15 feet away from the net. He's firing a lot of pucks from there. I know his expected goals for per 60 is minus 1%, but if that goes up even a little bit, that would obviously be great for this team. And then defensively, he's not really giving anything back Basically zero with expected goals against per 60 plus zero percent. There's a lot of blue uh, in the prime scoring area. So he's good defensively. He can occasionally chip in with a goal or two. And his playmaking ability is also great for a bottom six winger as well. And people, he makes 700K. So I'm going to continue to sim for Evan Rodriguez until more people join my cause. We have happy hour every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. All you can have drinks. So please join the Evan Rodriguez bandwagon while you still can. Because he definitely will be in the playoff lineup once this team um, clinches a playoff berth because I don't see them collapsing during uh, these final 10 games. Teddy Bluger, 
uh, kind of touched on him already. Nice to see him get on the score sheet. He's been really good since coming back. We all know his importance to the team. Um, I think I'm at the point now where he needs to be protected at all costs in the expansion draft. I really do not want the Seattle Kraken taking him away from Pittsburgh. I think that would be a much bigger loss than some people would think it would be just because he's a great bottom six center, good on the PK, good on the second power play unit, and his offensive game has really taken a leap this year, I thought. So I really do think the Penguins need to keep him when they decide which forwards to protect and which forwards to not protect. And then, you know, let's just get to Sidney Crosby's goal. That, that was a vintage Sid goal from almost an impossible angle. I think that was his second point on the night. Nice to see. It, it looked like it was going to be the put-away goal because it was 7-3 to three and there was eight minutes left. So it was like, okay, you know, Sidney Crosby is going to take matters in his own hands. I put the tweet out basically, you know, the Thanos with, I'm going to do it myself after Age of Ultron because that sets up Infinity War. Yes, I love Marvel and hope some of you that listen to this podcast do as well. And, you know, I, I guess it wasn't to be. Because the game was a lot closer than everyone thought it was going to be. But still, awesome to see Sid get back on the score sheet. I thought he struggled on Sunday's game against the Sabres. But this was a much better game from him. And he should be getting a lot more Hart Trophy love right now than he is. I honestly would have him as a finalist for the Hart Trophy with Matthews and McDavid. I'm not going to sit here and say Sidney Crosby deserves to win the Hart Trophy or for Connor McDavid. Yes, I understand McDavid is going up against teams in his division that are not good. I mean, the Senators are really bad. Vancouver is going through a lot right now. The Flames under Daryl Sutter are an absolute joke. Um, I know Winnipeg is good, but I, I think Montreal is honestly not even that good either. So I understand it. But I mean, this guy still has, what, over 70 points in 40-something games. I mean, he's playing at an elite level. He deserves to win the Hart Trophy, and it's really not even close in my opinion. But right now, if I had a vote, I would have Sid third in the Hart Trophy voting. But still... It's good to walk away with two points. The Penguins will play this team again on Thursday night. Uh, I'm going to get to the goaltending talk in the next segment and a whole lot of what went wrong in that third period. I'm going to give you guys a take that you may disagree with, but I think it's the correct take in this case because I saw a whole lot of overreacting last night that I want to put to rest in this next segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Please stay with me. But before I get to that, it's time to talk about a couple things, one of them being Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me, you might even have a chance to be a featured on the Locked On Penguins podcast throughout our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a Locker Room on Thursday, tomorrow night, maybe around 8.30, 9 o'clock, maybe a little bit after. You can go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. They're still working on something for Android, be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Hunter Hobies to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Like I said, I'm planning to be live on Thursday around 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Penguins and see you there. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. Also, we cannot forget about Bilt Bar, the 18 amazing flavors, the six new ones, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp, 12 originals. I've already said that so many times. Mint brownie, banana bed, peanut butter, German chocolate, etc., etc. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are covered in 100% chocolate. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. One of my favorite flavors will still always be the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, 
Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So we already touched on the first 40 minutes of this game. We touched on a lot of the positives. Yes, everyone, it is time to touch on the big negatives. And that starts with the goaltender Tristan Jari played his worst period of his NHL career last night in the third period. I have no idea what he was doing, basically flopping like a fish all period long. Here's a stat for you all if you did not see this. Per moneypuck.com and per jfreshhockey on Twitter, um, Tristan Jari allowed 3.9 goals above expected in that third period. So in other words, um, an average goalie only allows two goals in that period when you look at where the chances and shots came from on the ice. So it was a dreadful period from Jari. The fact that, like I said, he allowed almost four goals above expected in 20 minutes of hockey is just flat out embarrassing. He was way off his angles on a lot of those goals. I mean, the first one, I mean, he, that was just so stupid of him because he took a penalty when there was no need to. The Penguins were already shorthanded going into that period because Latang got his arm basically buckled. Um, I think it was along the boards and then Latang kind of retaliated and they only called that. I don't really understand why they only called that, but Latang honestly still should have skated off and not retaliated. That's always been a big problem with him throughout his tenure here in Pittsburgh. It's obviously not like a big deal just because he brings so much value to the team on a nightly basis, but it's something that I wish he would stop doing, but that's just how competitive he is and stuff. And while we are on Chris Latang, I will say this. I'm seeing a lot of people say like, oh my God, you know, he's, he's just as much to blame as Tristan Jari was last night in the third period. I honestly can't disagree with that enough. And I'm not going to sit here and simp for Crystal Tang in that third period because he was pretty bad. Like, let's be real. That was not the Crystal Tang that we have grown accustomed to seeing on a gamely basis this season. Someone who probably should be on the Norris radar if it weren't for Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy and Cal McCarr. And I honestly thought he played the uh, Sharon Govich goal as best he could. It was just a nice move on Sher- by Sharon Govich on him. And then, you know, Jari was just way off his angle there. I don't even know how that puck slipped short side. But I wanted to clear that up. They did not almost lose that game last night because of Chris Letang. Was he good in that third period? Probably not. But he was also outstanding in those first 40 minutes. So I'm not going to put, you know, 60, 70% of the blame or even like 40% of the blame on Letang that night. I'm probably going to put 90% of that period on Tristan Jari. And you want to know why? The Devils only had 11 shots on net in that third period. The Penguins also had 11 shots on net. If Jari just makes the saves that we have grown accustomed to seeing of him in that third period, this is probably a 6-1, 6-2, maybe even a 6-3 game. And no one is really talking about this right now. It's like, oh my God, like what, what do you do with Tristan Jari? Or, you know, is, is this a big problem for the Penguins moving forward? Are they going to continue to have periods like this? You know, no one is really talking about that because Jari coming into this was playing some damn good hockey. I mean, I know he had that bad start just a few weeks ago um, after he came back from his injury where against the Rangers, he basically got lit up for what, four goals in the first period that ended up being pulled. Um, If you go back even before that, the last time he had a nine, uh, less than a 900 save percentage, excuse me, in a game besides that game and besides this game, you have to go to March 6th of this year. I don't remember who it was against. It might be against um, Philadelphia, might've been the Islanders, something like that. Um, But he has been on a really strong heater these last six to seven weeks. So obviously this was very uncharacteristic from him and you probably will not see that again. But in any case, excuse me, I would still have him be benched for tomorrow night's game. I would put Casey DeSmith out there. Then I would start DeSmith again against the Devils on Saturday. And then 
while Jari works on his kinks during that, throw him to the Wolves on Sunday against Boston. That is one of your biggest games of the season. It's at home. The Bruins have won five in a row, especially since Taylor Hall came over. They only trail you by three points in the standings. They only trail first place Washington and the Islanders by four points. It's actually crazy how first through fourth place in this division only is only separated by four points. This race is going to come down to the wire. And yes, the Islanders and the Capitals do play each other three times um, during the next week. But that is what I would do with the goaltending. He needs to get right. We need to make sure that this is not going to be something that lasts long term or even in the short term. And I don't think it will. People in the Penguins fan base need to utterly chill the fuck out. Yes, I understand that third period was pretty bad last night. A lot of the skaters basically just took the period off. It looked like they were just out at the beach drinking for 20 minutes. Well, 45 total minutes just because the period went like 45, 50 minutes. But like I said, if Tristan Jari does not allow uh, basically four goals above expecting in that period, this is a 6-2 to win basically. And we're not talking about any of this right now. But because of that happened, we're now having a whole bunch of discussions like, oh my God, is this going to continue for the Penguins? My answer, no, it's not. You're probably going to see a much different team on Thursday night. I understand the Devils always play the Penguins hard. I get that. You know, none of the Penguins wins against New Jersey have been easy this year. They're four and one and one, but that's a team that they, they play their ass off every night. They've always done that this season. I mean, I know they've lost seven in a row, but in a few of the games that they lost to the Rangers during the seven-game losing streak, um, I think they were down in one of them 4-0. They came back and made it 4-3. Another one, they were down 3-0, came back to tie it at 3-3. This team has a lot of fight, and they have a lot of good young players that, you know, they're playing for pride right now. They're playing for contracts next season. It's so fun to watch Jack Hughes and Sarah Govich and Nico Heischer's back, which is a lot of fun. I know he scored last night. But these players are just not going to roll over and just collapse on the ice and say like, okay, you know, here's a free one. You know, they're going to fight to the end. I know maybe not as many teams are going to come nearly close to coming back from a 6 nothing deficit with 20 minutes to go. Um, the Penguins definitely have to lock up defensively a bit better in the third period. And usually they are one of the best defensive teams in the third period and also in the league this season. If you look at Hockey vision. You look at the Penguins as a whole. You go down to the Pittsburgh's five v five defense. Um, their expected goals for per sixty in about almost twenty three hundred minutes this year, two point two six, which is minus ten percent. I mean, that's pretty damn good. There's not a lot of red on the ice. Where the red is most prevalent is up by the points. They're defending the front of the net a lot better um, recently. There's a whole lot of blue in the slot area. Like I said, this is a team that is really good at defending the season. It's actually been really funny to see the Penguins go from that, that, that high octane offense. And you know, they still have that to a degree. I think they have the second most goal scored overall in the NHL this season. I think they only trail Washington in that regard. So the offense is still there, but it's still funny. We've seen them go from that high octane offense in 2016 and 2017 and you know average defensive play to now where they kind of struggle to generate some offense if you look at hockey visit Pittsburgh's 5v5 offense um, their expected goals for per 60 is only 2.21 they generate most of their offense from the point there's a whole lot of blue around the slot area and the high danger areas they need to be a lot better in that regard it's actually minus 12% for their expected goals for per 60 um, it's definitely unacceptable with how uh, deep this team is but also I mean this team has been missing Evgeny Malkin for the last, what, month now. Captain's the same thing, and then Tanev has been injured a lot lately as well. So I think those numbers are going to improve, um, especially when these players come back. 
but it still need to be better. I just I wanted to throw that out there just because it's been so funny to see the transition from these last few years when the team was not so good defensively till now where it's one of the best defensive teams in the league. But overall, you know, my thoughts on that third period last night, it was mainly on Tristan Jari. You know, that Sharon Govich goal, Sharon Govich goal, excuse me, that one can't go in. Um, the one I think that made it six, seven to four, excuse me, after Crosby made it seven three. I, I don't know what Jari was doing there just with his blocker. He gave up so much room on that one. And then this was the one that really bugged me. I understand when a goalie wants to go for a goal. I, I get it. You know, it, it's something that you don't really see on a nightly basis around the NHL. You know, only a handful of goalies overall have basically done it throughout the league's history, but when it's a 7-5 game and you're obviously just looking to get to the log room and hold a two-goal lead for 40 seconds, why are you coming out of your net trying to stop the puck and then shoot it down? Like That was just so stupid and foolish on Jari. We know he's been terrible at playing the puck these last few weeks. I mean, he's honestly, honestly been turning into Marc-Andre Fleury um, from 2012 to 2014 these last three to four weeks with playing the puck. It scares the devil out of me every time he goes out there and tries to play it. I really don't get why he's so insistent on doing it. That's, I think, the big part of his game that he needs to work on before the playoffs start. Yes, he still should be the number one goalie come playoff time, and I think this period is going to be a huge anomaly. But like I said, that is one area that he has to 1,000% work on in practice and, you know, of course, in-game as well. But overall, like I said, start Casey Smith on Thursday, start him again on Saturday, and then throw Jari to the Wolves against Boston and see what he's made of in that game. And then start him again against Boston on Tuesday. I know those are two of the biggest games of the season, and I know the Penguins play Washington and Philly after that, and the Penguins are obviously going to need Jari, especially against Washington, because that might be for the division um, next week. I think they play Saturday and Monday, uh, May, was it May 1st and May 3rd, if I'm not mistaken? I think that's what it is. So yeah, the Penguins will definitely need Jari for that. But those are my overall thoughts on what happened in the third, the third period and with Tristan Jari going into the next game. I hope you all like them and agree with them. And if you don't agree with them, uh, let me know what your take is. Tweet me, uh, message me at Hunter Hodes, or you can tweet or message me at the podcast uh, Twitter account at LO underscore Penguins. And we still have a little more to get to for the next segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. But before we do that, it's time to talk about bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. It even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LOR Penguins. So the Penguins did make some history last night, though. You know, if you look at the NHL public relations account, um, they are the first team in NHL history to win a game despite allowing six goals in the third period, regular season or playoffs. Clubs owned an all-time record of 0-135-2 under that criteria, entering Tuesday's game. So the Penguins on the right side of history on that one, as they have been uh, so many times before with so many things. Um, the fact that it was 0-135-2 um, is absolutely nuts. There's another stat, I think, from ESPN Stats and Info. If I can just find that um, real quick. Of course, ESPN is going to be the primary uh, rights holder of the NHL TV package as soon as next season. It'll be um, in October. Um here is this from ESPN Stats and Info. Penguins are also the first team in NHL history to win a game in which they were outscored by five goals 
in the third period. So not only were they were the first team to win a game when allowing uh, six goals in the third period, um, they're also the first team in the league's history to win a game in which they're outscored by five goals in the third period. And this continues. Um, entering that game, and natural teams, excuse me, were uh, 0-270-0 in the regular season and 0-9 in the postseason when they were outscored by five-plus goals in the third period. So again, the Penguins on the right side of history. Um, all you can do is basically laugh at that. I mean, someone, I think, put a tweet setting an NHL record by almost having the most embarrassing collapse in NHL history. Yes, uh, whoever tweeted this, that is 1,000% correct. It wouldn't be nearly as bad as what the Maple Leafs did to the Senators earlier this season when they blew a four-goal lead, I think, in the third period and then lost in overtime. But Penguins on the right side of history uh, in both stats. So you absolutely love to see that. Like I said, the Penguins will be back in action on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern start. And then on Saturday, I think that's the NHL Network Showcase. I think I believe that's a 1230 game. Let me just double check that here on the NHL app just to be sure. Yes, that is the 1230 game on Saturday, NHL Network Showcase. And then um, it'll be the nationally televised game against Boston on Sunday, which will just be a monstrous game. Uh, for the Penguins, especially with how the standings look and how the Bruins have won five in a row. As I said, for tonight, no one really plays tonight in the East Division. Nashville, Chicago, Minnesota, Arizona, San Jose, Vegas, Montreal, Edmonton. It is pretty crazy that we are now, what, basically two and a half weeks away from the regular season ending for all the U.S.-based divisions. I know the Canucks are going to be playing well into May when I think a lot of the U.S.-based divisions are doing the Stanley Cup playoffs. But we're basically done when it comes to playoff races. I mean, I think in the East Division... The Penguins are now nine points up on the Rangers. Um, both teams have 10 games to go. Um, the Bruins are also six points up with how the Bruins are playing right now. I really don't see how the Rangers are going to take out one of these uh, four teams to make the playoffs. That basically is all set in stone. We just have to see how the seeding s- sorts out, excuse me, because that's definitely going to be changing a lot over these next couple weeks. In the North Division, Toronto, Pitt, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Montreal, I think is basically locked in. I know the Canucks have won a couple games, but I still don't see them getting in. The Central, though, is a bit interesting. Um, Carolina, Florida, Tampa are all getting in, but the battle for that last seed, that's actually one of the two playoff races in the league this year. Nashville or Dallas, I'm probably going to go Dallas with that just because they still have two games in hand and they're playing some really good hockey right now. The fact that they are 19-26 and and are one point out of the playoff spot is just absolutely hilarious to me. You know, they have 12 loser points, everyone. If you have not checked the standings, yes, they are being benefited because they have 12 loser points, and that still equates them to a 19-26 and record as opposed to Nashville, who are 25-22. and So the fact that um, Dallas may get in over that is just hilarious to me. And then the uh, West Division, uh, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota are all getting in, and then the battle is between um, Arizona, San Jose, uh, well, Arizona and St. Louis, Mainly, I think the Blues will probably get in. I don't think San Jose or LA um, are going to get in there. Um, as regards to the Penguins, I don't really have much else. Like I said, it was nice to see Kasperi Captain back at practice today. Tomorrow will mark 10 days since Ron Hextall said that um, basically, I think he said the timetable would be 10 to 14 days um, since last Monday will be when Captain returns. So he could return as early as tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen. It's only been one full contact practice. He didn't do a full participant in line rushes and stuff. He did do some power play work though. Um, I assume Captain will probably be back um, Saturday or Sunday and then we'll have to wait and see when Evgeny Malkin comes back. They did say they have a soft target return date in mind for him. I think I read from Rob Rossi about a week and a half ago that they're thinking he may want to come back against uh, the Buffalo Sabres in the final couple games of the regular season. But you know, maybe he comes 
comes back against Washington or Philadelphia before then. So help is on the way. Um, just brush this third period off. This is probably never going to happen again for the rest of the season. This is still a damn good team, and we'll have to see how they play Thursday night against the Devils. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I'll have another one um, probably after the game tomorrow, after I do the locker room. So look for that then, and then Friday I'll have another episode uh, previewing not only the Saturday game against the Devils, but mainly previewing the Sunday game against Boston. Is that, like I said, um, that is one of their biggest games left of the regular season. So hope you all had fun listening to this one, and I will talk to you all tomorrow night.